0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. He
2: takes everybody up. Messi has got it!
1: From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. Nil, and he's... What a world cup for Megan Rapinoe. From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and world cup flair. Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's hand of god performance and subsequent downfall the teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars, and that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire.
3: on today's episode of the pride podcast we have roster breakdowns and today we're going to break down the defensive back position who are some sleepers I can make this roster and what about the camp battles to look forward to find out on episode 108 of the pride podcast
0: tries to go up and up. Oh, the, ball!
1: Ball! oh, oh ball! Ball! the Lions have got it. They took it away. Oh, how big is that? Looks, looks, throws, throws, deep middle. he's caught.
0: Touchdown Detroit Lions. Oh, Kenny Gallagher. That's outstanding. That is
3: outstanding. Yo.
4: What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 108 on the Blue Wire Network. Today's episode is going to be sponsored by Bet Online AG. I am your host, Tyler. Drum by my two guys, as usual, Peter and Malcolm. How you boys doing today? Woo! Finally, like getting hot out, bro. I'm enjoying the weather. A little too hot, man. It was like too hot. I was wearing sweatpants today. Yeah, y'all don't don't talk about
3: hot. I don't want to hear sweatpants. it i don't want to hear it i don't want to hear hot y'all yeah, guys don't oh. know what hot is right now it's yeah. like two billion degrees out here in florida right now man
2: Damn, two billion yeah,
3: two billion degrees it's not fun at all i don't like <laughs> it like the ac is like is pushing just it's, it's struggling just to get to the, the the temperature because it's so damn hot outside like man, yeah. this, i don't like it
4: this is a little like off the off the record but i, I saw like a ig like polls like On johnson said uh, list a hot place, like somewhere that's like super hot. And someone's in Michigan. He's like, bro, you guys don't know what heat is. <laughs> well, hell,
3: hell, no. You know, hell I
4: saw, no. I saw all these like states, like Alabama and stuff like that. And then you know, he's like, yeah, you know, I, I, know where you're coming from. But he said, when, you, when someone's in Michigan, he's like, you all don't know what heat is. <laughs> I,
3: I saw Twitter, uh Pierre was on, uh, was on Snapchat. The thing said 82 degrees. I'm like, really, bro? <laughs> I'm like, really, bro? 82 degrees? I was like, man, it's like 182 over here, man two degrees, man. It was,
4: like, it was like 90 degrees today, but 92. we're not we're not here to be the weather channel. That's <laughs> not our job So uh, for today's episode, we are going to be covering well for the next couple of episodes, we're going to be covering some positions. You know, on the Detroit Lions. obviously, we're going to break down every single position. We're going to split them up to like about four to five episodes. So if you guys are interested in our last couple episodes, we did a breakdown on the NFC North. So the other teams in the division, we have had guys that, you know, specialize with those teams and cover those teams. We've had Tom Gross from the Packers, Matt Collar from the Minnesota Vikings. And then uh, we had Austin from the brawl network. So, He covered the Bears, so if you guys are interested in that, go check those out. And then we did an emergency pod about Martha Firestone Ford stepping down as the owner of the Detroit Lions. So that's some other news to also go check out. But as I mentioned, we're going to break down some positions on the Detroit Lions. And for the first episode, we're going to start off with a really intriguing position, and that is the defensive back group in general. So all the corners, all the safeties, and some camp battles to watch out for, and all that in this episode. So stay tuned for that. So we'll start off with Pierre. So obviously the Lions had a lot of flip-flop in this position, you know, some new additions, some key departures. So do you want to break those down, who we signed this offseason, you know, who we drafted, and who we lose?
2: Yeah, I got you. So the departures, we'll start with the departures. Darius Slay obviously got traded to Philadelphia, Uh, Rashawn Melvin, and then Tavon Wilson is still a free agent, but we'll call him as a departure right now. And then the additions, uh, they signed True Trufant once they traded Slay. Uh, they drafted Okuda. They signed Daryl Roberts from the Jets and then Tony McRae from the Bengals. And those are their additions. Um, and then also some undrafted guys they added. They added three safeties. Jillian Elliott, Jeremiah Dinson, and Bobby Price. So, oh. yeah. Okay. So, I want to start off with both of you guys. So obviously they drafted
4: Jeff Okuda. We, we know about all these big guys. We know Jeff Okuda. We know Trufon, We know Justin Coleman. Let, let's talk about some of these little, you know, lower roster guys. Let's talk about some camp battles. I'll start off with Pierre again on this one. So, you know, who is a camp battle you think is going to be really
2: intriguing to see in this defensive back group? I'm going to say McRae and Virgin because they're both, uh they both excel in like special teams and they're both kind of like your backup nickel corners, but they're not the best corners. Uh-huh. So those two guys, I think right now I'd give the edge to McRae just because he uh, he's like he's worked with Coombs and Cincy.
3: Mm-hmm. So,
2: yeah, I'd say those two guys. Yeah, I, I kind of had the same thought
4: process that, uh, as that the D version Tony McRae competition. I And I, I agree with that. You know, Tony McRae makes a lot of sense. He, like you mentioned, Braden Crooms had a connection with him in Cincinnati. They brought him over. And Cincinnati, if I'm not mistaken, had a top five unit in special teams last year, which – you know, Detroit's struggled on special teams, you know, so right. we'll see, you know, uh, I, I can't offer too much knowledge on Tony McRae besides for special teams, you know, he's not really the greatest corner, but, you know, he's, he's known for his special teams, but, you know, D-Version also had another solid year for the Detroit Lions last year, so we'll definitely see that camp battle. Uh, one I'm intrigued to see, and it's a guy that's just been sticking around the roster every single year, uh, Mike Ford, you know, I just want to see what his offer to the team is now, you know, it, do one of these guys like Mike Jackson, who they signed around in midseason, you know, take one, his spot as like the CB4 on the team. You know, obviously they have or CB5, I should say, you know, they obviously have uh, True Font, Coleman as their three. And then, you know, they got Amanio Oroirier, who I would assume for, for sure would be the CB4 on this team, you know, to right. be a backup outside for either a Trufant or a Cuda if needed. So, yep. um, you know, you obviously need another corner or two. So I, I'd be intrigued
2: to see if Mike Ford could stick around. Where do you guys stand with that? Yeah, I'm with you. Mike Ford, Roberts, and Mike Jackson, those three guys could battle it out. Yeah. If, if you had to
4: predict, you know, on this random-ass June day, who who would you choose? If you, if you could maybe carry one, two, like what do you see happening?
3: Between Mike Ford, I mean, Mike Ford has experience. Yeah. I would lean towards him i really like michael jackson not because he was a guest on the pod but um he does have the size and length to to do exactly what patricia needs to do in this defense so he is one of my guys who actually i'm really big on early during this process i like him over you know daryl roberts and i have him over a slight edge over mike ford so we'll see we'll see how that turns out he's my like sleeper i got you that's (laughs) out There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for your UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline have hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and even prop bets to check out. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for your free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts.
4: Alright, this is another signing that kind of, Kind of caught me off guard a little bit. It was a re-signing, actually. Miles Killebrew. So, obviously, you know, he's been on the team since 2016. They kept him around. What do you guys see them doing with Miles Killebrew? You know, they he was not one of their initial signings that they signed right away, like D-Virgin. But, you know, he, he came a little later on. So, they moved him back to safety. So, I'll start off with Malcolm. You know, Miles Killebrew, do you see him keeping him around as a special teams guy? Do you see them, you know, finally parting ways with him? You know, he's versatile. So, what do you see yeah. with him?
3: I'm not even gonna lie, man. I'm a big killaboo fan. I, yeah. I, every time he's on, he plays, and unfortunately, he only plays in preseason. But when he yeah. plays, man, he's all over the field. He's making a lot of plays. It's like it seems like they're always trying to get rid of him, and he just can't. They just can't get rid of him. Yeah. You know, like he always finds a way making the roster, making the team, and he just kind of just sits there. But I mean, he hasn't been able to play since he's been in the league. Like it's it's tough. Like after his rookie, he had a really solid rookie year. And ever since then it's like they, they changed the schemes he's been trying to he've been struggling to find a field. But I like I like him a lot. I like the fact that you could put him up front and have him as a box safety. And I think he has the skills, he showed his rookie year. he has the skills to play the normal deep safety position. So I I like him, but is he gonna make the team he has a lot of competition. A lot. Right. So I, I don't know.
4: Yeah. Um I you know, this safety room has been one of the deeper safety rooms the Lions have had in previous history, you know. They went out and got Deron Harmon. They went out and signed Deron Kirsch from the Vikings. They obviously drafted Tracy Walker in 2018. They obviously drafted Will Harris last year. And those were both third-round picks as well. So, Will Harris and Tracy Walker, you know, how many safeties could you carry? You know, and that's where it comes down to, you know. Is he a good enough special teams player for them to keep him around? Which, I look at this list – you know, I, I think it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I don't know if he's better than C.J. Moore on special teams. You know, could he could he do what C.J. Moore does? I, I don't know. He's never done it before. So, you know, what do they value more? You know, do they value the depth of Miles Kilbrick probably being a better defensive player? Or do they value C.J. Moore on special teams? You know, it, it's tricky. I think that's a very interesting camp battle to watch. You know, they obviously both made the team last year. But I, I don't see a scenario with Jerron Curse added to the equation. where I mean, I guess maybe they could, but with Deron Harmon, Will Harris, and you got Tracy Walker, and then I assume Jerron Curtis makes a team as well. I don't think you carry both Killer and CJ Moore. You, you guys?
3: Yeah, I don't see that. The only way yeah, I can mean, see him making a team really like that is if they do move him to like back to linebacker.
2: Linebacker, yeah. What about you, Pierre? Yeah, I'm like kind of with you guys. He has positional versatility, safety, linebacker. Like he could play in an emergency situation. And like Malcolm said, his best year was probably his rookie year. And ever 100%. since that year, he kind of just, like, fell off, sort of. Like, I was high on him. I thought maybe his second year he'd break out, third year break out. He's just, like, he is what he is. He's, like, he's a yeah. special teams player and rarely plays on actual defense. But in preseason, like last year in preseason, he balled out. Sure him, he and did. Reeves Maven.
3: Yeah, sure, Reeves
2: Maven is, like, a linebacker. That's another episode. But so, I mean – uh, the website has him listed as a safety, but he's also a linebacker. He's also good on special teams, so maybe they'll keep him because he has like versatility he can play three three things, defense and well, two things, defense and special teams. So I don't know, man. It's it's an interesting battle to watch, and like you said, also you also look at the linebackers too. If they put him at linebacker. That's for another episode, but the linebacker room is also pretty like deep right now. Yeah, they got a lot of got a lot of bodies there right now. So, yeah, so, but would you would you agree? It
4: comes down to either one of those guys if they keep at to safety. It comes down to CJ Moore or Miles Kilabrew.
2: Uh, yeah, po- probably it's possible.
4: Because I don't see a scenario where both of them are on the team as long as is a safety. So, I think one of the two makes it. And the next question I have is this is a guy they drafted last year in the fifth round. He impressed them really. He impressed last year when he got the opportunity, Amani Warrior yeah. Obviously drafted Jeff Okuda this year. Where do you see Amani Warrior's role on this team in 2020?
2: I think he'll see the field a lot. Like, he may not start, but he's going to see the field a lot. Um, like, if they want to play with matchup games, like, say they have a bigger corner and, like, maybe, like, like you have an injury with Trufan or maybe Okuda. Hopefully not. But if there's an injury, I think he could step in and play. Or if a team maybe has five wideouts, he might come on the field. I mean, he's a good corner. We saw he showed flashes in his rookie year. Uh huh. So we,
4: you know, we've talked this just between us, and I want to kind of get this question out on the podcast. And this is a risky. This is really risky. Let's right. say hypothetically, Amani Warrior plays better than Desmond Trufant in training camp. Let's say Jeff Okudzi and Amani Oruwariye are the two best outside corners by training camp. Yeah. Is there a chance? And hell, that Amani and Jeff Likuda could be the starters day one uh, on the outside.
2: Well, like you said, if they're, like, clearly the best and they're, like, on top of everyone, like, they're dominating and is struggling and then preseason it carries, I mean, yeah, bro, you go with your best guys. Yeah, I mean, I would love to believe
4: that. I just I, – I think at least for year one going to the season – I think Desmond Trufant is the starter, regardless. Uh, regardless of what happens, besides an injury, if, you know, as long as there's not an injury, I think Desmond Trufant starting that week one. Uh, I don't think honestly it matters what he does in preseason, especially year one. I think he is the starter. I think it honestly comes down to Jeff Okuda or Amani Aurier, who I think Jeff Okuda will win that spot because I think he's just more, a talent more talented corner than Amani Aurier. and that's obviously not a shot to Amanio Aurier because Jeff Okuda is one of the best corners to ever come in the NFL from the draft. So that's right. that's not a shot at all to Amanio Warrior, who a corner I really like, obviously. Right. So,
3: I mean, the you guys are really extremely high on the secondary. I mean, they, they deserve it. But I personally, I mean, if Amanio Warrior and, and Jeff Okuda comes out training camp, preseason and they ball out and they're way better than Desmond Trufant that's best case scenario everybody should be prepping for a Super Bowl probably because that means you have two very two very 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 good corners playing at a very high level Desmond Trufant is not a scrub guys I mean I know people are looking at Desmond Trufant guys he's a former former first round pick he and, and last year before he got hurt he was playing He had the best season before he got hurt
5: yeah, so I think there's a, a lot of
3: – there's a lot of two Desmond Trufant. And I think Desmond Trufant is a number one corner in the league. He was a number one corner for the Falcons every single year. They just don't – their problem with the Falcons, they just never had a number two. So he was there by himself. I mean, if I, he he's a solid corner. So if those guys come out and they're better than – I'm talking about like blowing Desmond Trufant out of the water and he is – you know, and Amani Wari and Jeff Okuda are just way better than him. We have best-case scenario. We have two lockdown corners pretty much is what everybody's saying. But I don't see that happening.
4: All right, my next question to you guys now. We lost Darius Slay. You know, the best corner we've had on our team for a while. My favorite corner of all time. Darius Slay, Rashawn Melvin, Justin Coleman was the starting corners going to 2019. 2020, you're looking at Jeff Okuda, Desmond Trufant, and Justin Coleman. If you had to say which one is better, no Kool-Aid, which one is the better unit? We'll start off with Malcolm here.
3: This is a tough question, and the only reason why I say that is because I look at the secondary, and you're looking at people like, "Oh my God, yeah, we have a lot of talent here." But as I said before, I said this in the past, I said this in probably every podcast we talked about corners, talk about Jeff Okuda. This could be either very good, or it could be very bad. And the reason why I say that is because that whole secondary depends on the front four. If that front four is not doing do the same thing they did last year, that unit's gonna look like complete ass. All of them, everybody, even our first round pick gonna look like ass. Everybody. Yeah, that's why dude. everybody everybody's gonna look everybody's gonna look bad but if if we're putting pressure on the quarterback i mean hell we didn't do any of that last year but if we put pressure on the quarterback everybody's gonna say dare say who because that the secondary is gonna look amazing so yeah. it all depends on the front four and i like i can't i mean we're looking at paper talent wise we're not proven that that's sec- that secondary we have now. I can't say that we technically gonna be better than on paper. They're better than Darius Slade, who's a pro bowler. What, three, four years in a row, two, two years in a row. I can't I can't say that we have no pro bowlers right now. Now, do we guys do we have guys that have the potential? Yeah, we just drafted Jeff Okuda in the first round. I I, I don't know. Is is, is Amari Rory going to take a step from last year? I don't know. We have a lot of question marks. So I, I, right now I'm feeling like we need to pump the brakes. Yeah, as far as that, it could go either really good, really bad. It all depends on the front four.
4: That's really fair. I like that. You know, you're right. It, it is very, uh, it's a big question mark right, right. now. It's really unexperienced. Jeff Okuda has not taken one snap in the NFL. He doesn't even know what the hell his numbers are going to wear week one right no. now.
3: He's wearing number one. <laughs> well,
4: well, uh, <laughs> well for yeah, for, yeah, for camp. Yeah, but obviously, he doesn't even know what numbers were in week one right now. Yeah. So. There's so many question marks in that defensive back room. And then, obviously, Desmond Trufant. Like you mentioned, he's been a good corner, but he hasn't been healthy. You know, he missed half a year last year. You know, he played only nine games last year. So, you know, will he recover well? Well, Let's see, you know. Justin Coleman is the same nucleus from last year and this year. So, I would expect similar results, honestly, as long as, you know, just depending on the pass rush, like you mentioned. So, yeah, I'm with you, man. Like, I think... Some of us need to pump the brakes a little bit. We can't just say Jeff Fakuda, Trufant are automatically going to be better than what Darius Saleh and Rashawn Melvin were offering to us. Do I think it could be better? Hell yeah, I think it could be better. But could it go worse? Hell yeah, I think it could go worse either way. It it could literally go any way. To say which one I'm more confident about, I'll say this. I was more confident last year going into it. I'm not going to lie. And not just because of defensive backs. It's kind of like what you mentioned, the front four. Mm -hmm. I was more confident, even though it was – utter trash last year I was more confident of the front four last year going into the season obviously it's only June 29th right now but I was more confident of last year's front seven by June 29th than this year's front four or front seven by June 29th I'll say that so I was more confident in the defensive back group or at least the
2: cornerback room last year compared to this year if that makes sense that's fair um I want to add something though like the way Rashawn Melvin after those like couple games he kind of just fell off I mean, he wasn't, like, they were, like, benching him. They were, like, rotating him. So, I think, like, and Darius Slay is probably a top five corner, in my opinion. He's still, like, a dog. Still one of the best. Highest paid corner in the league right now. So, when when you say, okay, is Okuda and Trufant better than Slay and Melvin? I say yes, and this is why. Because, Okay. okay, obviously Slay is better than, like, both of them combined. But when you put those two together, I think they're better than Slay and Melvin combined. Melvin wasn't, like, really... Like, he didn't do much last year after, like, week two.
3: Do you know why? <laughs> pass rush. <laughs> we had I mean, no pass rush, yeah, man. But still, bro, like, I mean, he just wasn't good, though. He fell off. But who would have been good in a situation like that? That was, but that there was terrible. Like, but Justin
2: Coleman was playing his best ball when, like.
3: He did until go. when we didn't put Before. pressure and he And they had him covering outside. And they say, look, you have no help. <laughs> cover cover um Stephon Diggs down the field for yeah, 20, 30 but- seconds.
2: But Melvin also struggled like the year before with the Raiders too. So I'm just like trying to like Raiders also have a pass rush to be fair either. Um, (laughs) I'm just trying to say though, I thought Melvin would have fit. I was excited last year. I actually wanted him, but it just didn't work out. And it was a one year deal, whatever you move on. So I think Trufant and Okuda have like potential to be better than like a lot more potential to be better than Slay and uh, Melvin.
3: And I, I'm glad you said that. Potential is a very good word because yeah, they do have the potential. Yeah, I agree. They do have the potential, but the thing is, we haven't seen nothing from these guys. I mean, we got we got to see him on the field. We got to see Akudo on the field. We got to see um, Amani Wari. See, ha, you know, has he taken a step? We got to see this stuff because it's just a lot of question marks. And uh, before I'm all in, like like I did last year, you know, I sold in too quick. Before yeah. I'm all in, I gotta see. I gotta see this product on the field, man. I can't. Right. I can't go in thinking all right, we got this guy, we got this guy, it's going to work. Nah, yeah. man, nah, it's not going to work like that. We got to see how they react on the okay. field, and that's yeah. that's how I am right now.
4: I got fooled on the field as well, though, too. On training camp, I saw TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, corners. you, 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 yeah, you, Tyler. <laughs> I, yeah,
3: I it got, was all Tyler. Go on, Hype man. the hell out of me. Hype me up. Dude, I was there
4: two weeks of training camp, and TJ Hawkinson <laughs> was a mess. Hype <laughs> me the
3: hell up. Yeah, you sure did. So He turned me to a believer, and you, yeah. And then I had you a believer week one. Yeah, week one. you are like, oh, yeah, see, this is why I see the training camp. I'm like, oh, okay, we have a star. And then that was it.
2: <laughs> I mean, to be fair with Hawk though, he was like injured. Like he got injured. Like I, I think he's still gonna be a special.
3: Player. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying he's not. Let's you know, like, let's
2: save this for the for the tight
4: end. Yeah, the
3: tight group. Let's, let's save it. that for the tight end group. All right, guys, you
4: guys kind of answered all my questions. You know, this was a good roundtable, good discussion of talking about Lions defensive backs. A little short episode. Hope you guys all enjoyed. And I'm Tyler, and I'm out. Peace. All right, guys. Peace out. Yep. I'm out.
3: Peace.
5: MyPatriotSupply.com